Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Everybody, welcome back to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco. It's Saturday. You know why we're here. We're here to talk key injuries, player trends that you need to know before setting your lineup in week nine. First off, shout out to our boys over at the Fantasy Focus Network. Shout out. All our videos are now on that network. And also the Fantasy Football Network, also streaming live on there as well. But for today, we'll be hosting. Our, all our episodes are now part of the Believe Podcast Network. And uh, brought to you by BetOnline AG. So shout out to all our partners everywhere we're being streamed. Make sure you're following us, the Candlestick Kids, on YouTube. If you are currently following us on here, make sure you like, leave a comment, all that stuff. Make sure you subscribe to our accounts. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, on Instagram. Make sure you're following us across the board on all our social media accounts. So scrolling at the bottom of your screen, you can't see it. But if you can, great. Candlestick Kids, fantasy focus, guys. Listen, it's Saturday night. I'm looking to get you just all the facts, all the numbers you need to know before setting your lineup. Some key injuries on defense, offensive line that I find out. So you know how we do it on Saturdays. We just get right into it, folks, because we're here to make sure you have all the information you need to know to maximize your lineups for this week. So as we're going to start into this, we're going to talk a little bit about the key injuries for week nine and you know, before we get into this, um, you know, there's a couple things like obviously bigger name stuff that we know about, right? Henry Ruggs, unfortunate situation there, him being gone, Derrick Henry and Adrian Peterson situation. Um, you know, so obviously there's big stuff that we're going to kind of go over, but there's also stuff that you might not know about on the defensive side and offensive line. So first game, let's talk about the Raiders versus the Giants. And the Raiders actually are pretty healthy other than the Henry Ruggs situation, obviously going into this game. Big impact for a guy like Hunter Renfro. The Giants are a slot funnel defense, so looks like Hunter Renfro should benefit the most ahead of Brian Edwards. But listen, Edwards has been running the most routes on the team, and he looks like he's someone that you could buy rest of season. So this week it's Renfro moving forward. I think Edwards, it's time for him to shine, right? So, I mean, this is going to be – Hissing. There is talks of Deshaun Jackson potentially joining this roster, which would be kind of perfect. What they're looking for is that vertical threat that can help, you know, open things up downfield. I think it's kind of a perfect fit. And the Raiders are surprisingly doing very well this season. So this fits the bill for Deshaun Jackson being a contender. Um, not someone I'm really going to get signed just yet, but 
if you have waivers in best ball, I mean, I don't see why. Not. I mean, he's probably going to be all right. Maybe as a, a best ball pick moving forward. But on the Giants side, listen, there's some key returns. Obviously, Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony looks like he's, he's going to play. Um, that means the three receiver set is going to be Darius Slayton on one side, Kenny Galladay, and then Tony in the slot. Uh, Tony had some success there overall, but it's going to be an interesting shakeout how this is going to work. The Raiders are very tough against slot receivers, against all receivers. Um, not really sure if I'm going to be chasing any Giants receiver just yet. Listen, Kenny Galladay is an alpha. He is. And, you know, after this week, if Kenny Galladay can survive and be healthy, uh, you know, it's just interesting because he's truly one of the better receivers in football. So I'm interested to see if he can get out of this game, you know, essentially with a, uh, an intact leg or whatever he's always hurt with. Key injuries, of course, Saquon Barkley out, Shepard out, uh, Andrew Thomas out. Uh, I think that just kind of gives you clarity about who's going to play and what position for the receiving core. I think Devontae Booker right back in your lineups again this week is a solid RB2 with no Saquon Barkley. Jumping down to the Falcons and the Saints. Now, when you're looking at this game specifically, uh, I know the Trevor Simeon situation, Taysom Hill. Uh, I'm in the same boat. I'm in a super flex league right now. I, I haven't even figured it out yet because the play says the safe play against an Atlanta te- defense that is very vulnerable to wide rece- uh, to quarterbacks. The safest play is Trevor Simeon. He's probably going to get you a, a solid 13 to 15 points, uh, you know, 200, maybe a, a touchdown or two, nothing crazy. Uh, and I think for Superflex, that's fine. And and I doubt many teams have a, a second, you know, a wide receiver five or a running back three or four that's going to get you that consistently. So I think Simeon, you have to assume that that's going to be the play. Now, if you're not, if you don't have to start these guys, I think Taysom Hill makes them more, uh, the better stash. Obviously, if Simeon comes out and struggles at all, um, you know, Hill could be taking the starter and he could really help you win fantasy league. So you know, I spent a bunch of fab on Hill. Didn't really work out. I didn't get the starting nod. Um, not trying to drop him if I don't have to, but at the same time, it's going to be Trevor Simeon this week. You know, obviously the fallout uh, otherwise than that, listen, it, there's injuries across the board. For, so for the for the Falcons, obviously it's Calvin Ridley, right? I mean, the fallout there is Kyle Pitts is now the alpha. He is running the most routes on the team. We'll talk about that in the player trends. But beyond that, it's really not good. I think the Saints are my favorite streamer. Well, they are not a streamer anymore, but they were my favorite pickup. I picked them up in all my leagues. The Saints are my go-to defense. Probably going to try to get them in DFS. I am not scared off uh, by any of the potential, you know, the Matt Ryan-less, you know, the Matt Ryan without Calvin Ridley, I just don't see them being really effective. So uh, I think the Saints are a great defense this week. Of course, uh, when you jump down to the injuries for for the, the Saints, there's nothing really, I mean, listen, obviously the Winston injury, uh, they lost Rodgers, Pete, nothing big deal. They, there's trading out some defensive tackles, nothing really poor. But Tyron Montgomery is out. Deontay Harris is someone that I think I want to continue to monitor for player trends because he did lead the team in uh, targets last week. And with no Ty Montgomery, Montgomery actually was the third receiver last week, ahead of Harris. Now, of course, that could be ramping up Harris because he just come off an injury. But Harris is someone that's produced when he's on the field. And um, backup quarterback, backup receivers, hey, we learned it's good stuff. Jumping down to the Bills versus the Jags. Of course, no Dawson Knox. That's a big boon for Cole Beasley, who's been great. Uh, you can slide him right back into your lineups as a wide receiver three. Uh, now, now the Bills, the Bills are going to be down a second offensive lineman. So last week they were down one of their tackles, uh, Brown, then uh, Spencer Brown, and now they're going to be out with John, one of their guards. 
they're playing the Jags, so it's it's not overly concerning. Um, notable for the ground game and the effectiveness of the running backs, the Jaguars are a pass funnel defense. So you're not worried about Allen, you're not worried about Diggs and all those guys. But the effectiveness of Moss and 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 Singletary, maybe. Um, I don't think Singletary is a start. Of course not. We'll talk about that in the player trips. Moss, to me, he's getting about 15 touches a game now or 15 opportunities a game between carries and, and targets. So I think he's a fine flex, but I think the upside's a little sap because of the banged-up offensive line overall. James Robinson's questionable. Listen, Carlos Hyde was an absolute workhorse last week, by the way. Uh, you know, if if James Robinson doesn't play, this is a not a good matchup. You don't want to play Carlos, uh, Carlos Hyde, but if you're desperate, I mean, he's going to get a boatload of targets and touches because of the fact that they use a workhorse now. So that's interesting for if James Robinson's out. But either way, you're trying to fade as much Jags as you can this week because of the fact of playing Buffalo. On the Browns, Bengals, Chris Evans returns one of the backup running backs. Nothing really to say there. Um, we typically, when we talk about injuries on the defensive offensive line, we start bringing this up when there's one or two notable names. But, you know, overall, I, I, you know, the Browns defense does have some floating parts in and out. Tack McKinley was out last week, but he'll, he'll probably be coming back. Denzel Ward looks like he's coming back. Um, that's notable for Chase and, and T. Higgins on the outside. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, Denzel Ward has been very fickle. He's a very injury-prone player over the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, I think it is notable for the outside receivers. I do think this matchup, you know, you could start Higgins and you could actually start Tyler Boyd. I mean, Boyd, for what it's worth, he, he came through last week after three down weeks. But it's all about the pass volume um, for this offense. And it looks like they're starting to throw a little bit more, which is good news for all three of the pass catchers. And maybe Boyd can build off of that Jets performance. But Higgins seems like he's a nice high floor guy. I mean, he hasn't really hit his – he hasn't caught a touchdown since week two. He might be due. I actually don't mind Higgins anymore because, like, hey, he's going to get you around that 10 to 12-point range um, based on his – he's leading the team in yards. But at the same time, you know – I think that at some point it's going to come together in better matchups. I just, you know, this week I'm okay with all the Bengals receivers. I am not scared off by the Browns at all, even with Denzel Ward. So notable for that. Odell Beckham being out uh, and being released is huge news for Jarvis Landry. It's Jarvis Landry's receiving core. And last year, over the final five games of the year, after they had those weird bad weather games, he became like an alpha. Like he was averaging like 15 points a game in half-point PPR. Um, I think he's going to do the same exact thing this year. I'm really buying Jarvis Landry rest of season. Now that Odell's out, he's going to be flirting with double digit carries. And last week, uh, I mean, receptions, but I think overall, it's just going to be, uh, it's really just behind him. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a complete mosh pit of just guys that are getting half the routes versus dropbacks. And, but the one thing I will say, which is good is Harrison Bryant did not practice on Friday. That's one of the three tight ends. And if you narrow that down to two, and Njoku's been decent. He's been decent when he gets the opportunities. Um, you could see Njoku with no Harrison Bryant this week if he's out. He's one of those lists of guys we talk about a week in and week out uh, as streamer tight ends. I think David Njoku might be okay if Bryant's ruled out because there's no one behind Jarvis Landry that's demanding a lot of targets in this matchup. All right, let's jump down to the Patriots and the Panthers. Uh, so... For the Patriots, I've been talking about this for a while. We talked about this with the Keenan Allen injury. Uh, it's not really impactful this week, necessarily. But Jonathan Jones, the slot corner, has been out. Keenan Allen had the better week than Mike Williams. Um, you know, Terrace Marshall is coming back. Marshall has not done it all year. But Robbie Anderson has really struggled. Like, he has not looked good. 
Um, and, you know, maybe this is time for Marshall to start gaining some momentum. Um, we'll see how it goes this week. The matchup's decent for him. The Patriots are a slot funnel defense. Terrace Marshall could be someone, a DFS dart throw and DK, potentially. But he hasn't really proven it yet this year. So, But a lot of people like his talent. Still notable. Sam Darnold and CMC seem like game-time decisions. Darnold seems like he's going to play. CMC was activated, but they're not sure. They're going to do this, this, and this. I don't know. I mean, listen, if you got CMC and he's in, he's in your lineup. Um, Darnold, it could only help. Uh, getting CMC in that lineup could probably make him look like a, a slightly better 2QB option. But against the Patriots, I just don't know if I'm bothering with Sam Darnold overall. All right, jumping down the Broncos-Cowboys. Uh, key return for the Broncos to get back one of the defensive tackles, but they lose Von Miller, which is huge. Uh, they lose Bryce Callahan, who is one of their better corners and actually mans the slot. Um, yeah, that's big news for a guy like Cedric Wilson, who's actually been gaining some momentum. I know he had the big day on three targets with Cooper Rush, but the week prior, he saw seven targets. So no Michael Gallup just yet. He's coming back next week. The injury to, to a Bryce Callahan... You know, that's notable on the inside. It could make a Cedric Wilson someone that you could use as a borderline wide receiver three this week um, in a matchup versus the Denver Broncos. Noah Fant is out. Alberto, baby. Um, we've been pumping up Alberto all week. Um, I think he is someone that you could definitely pick up and start. I think the Dallas Cowboys are very susceptible to tight ends this season. Alberto is like, when he gets looks, he looks amazing. He is dealing with his own knee injury, so we have to look out for that. And I am not jumping. I'm not going to start. Like, Pat Firemuth, now that Eric Ebron's out, I'd probably lean Firemuth because he's shown it already. But I think if you need a tight end, if you were the Ricky Seals-Jones owner uh, slash Logan Thomas, if you're the TJ Hawkinson owner and Firemuth's already gone, Alberto is a fine pickup this week and play. I actually am pot I'm potentially going to start him over Tyler Higby, and I'm debating between him and Schultz because – Schultz is a tough matchup, but there's no Blake Jarwin. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, let's do it right now. There's no Blake Jarwin. Uh, you know, Dalton Schultz is is already dominating work, but he is getting about, you know, 70. It's about 70-30, 75-25 of the routes. Now there's no Blake Jarwin. It's going to be all Schultz. He's going to be a full-time player with Dak back. Um, I know the Broncos are a decent defense against tight ends. I told everyone to sit. Ricky Seals-Jones last week. That worked. But you you give him Dak Prescott at you know at home, I just you know I think with all the additional usage that he's going to get, he's going to be a fine play. He's been great with Dak this year, so um, I'm not fading Dalton Schultz at all, even in a tougher matchup because Blake Jarwin is out. Um, they will be Dak looks like he's coming back. Tyron Smith, the left tackle, is out. They do have Collins, who's a pretty good player himself as a six a swing tackle. So, I mean, Dallas is deep, and I think they'll be all right. So, I'm not really stressed out about that at all. All right, jumping down to the Vikings versus the Ravens. You know, the, the Vikings are banged up up front on defense. They are missing uh, Daniel Hunter and, and Mike Pierce. That would be normally good news if they weren't playing a Ravens broken run game, which is just who would have thought that would be the case heading into this season. Of course, Patrick Peterson being out was huge loss a couple weeks ago. We saw it last week with Dallas. I mean, you know, Cooper Rush – destroyed them with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb on the outside. I think that's notable for Marquise Brown, but we have to see with Sammy Watkins back. I know Sammy Watkins coming back doesn't seem like a big deal, but Sammy Watkins demands more than a target. That's what James Proach and, and Devin DuVernay were getting, one, two targets a week. 
you know, Watkins is going to demand four, five, six targets. This is always going to be a low pass volume offense. Now, it could expand with Lamar. It could expand because they do have better pass catchers. Lamar is a stud. He's going to be a top two, three quarterback rest of season. But at the same time, you know, is that mean Marquise Brown goes to the slot? Because now you have Rashad Bateman on one side, and you also have Sammy Watkins. And Bateman, by the way, is back being hurt again, hurt his knee, DMP on Friday. We'll see how that goes. But just kind of seems like it's a little bit of a flow. I love Marquise Brown anyway. Um, with the injuries to the secondary, Marquise Brown is just way more talented than the rest of these guys. I'm not stressing about it. Um, the Vikings will be down one of their centers. I think Dalvin Cook is – you can't sit Dalvin Cook. I am not playing him in DFS, but you never could sit Dalvin Cook because who cares? He's, he's an absolute workhorse overall. Looks like Lat Murray is going to be out this week. The, the Baltimore Ravens are going to be down to their third tackle on the left side um, because the backup that replaced Ronnie Stanley now is hurt. So that is notable for Lamar Jackson, but – you know, I just think it kind of weighs out because the injuries up front to the Vikings, it, it weighs out, it cancels out. So I'm not even stressing about it too much. But Rashad Bateman, we'll have to monitor him, DMP on Friday. But I am extremely interested to see how trends-wise, what what happens between um, moving to the slot with, with Watkins and Bateman. Texans, Dolphins. Um, for the Texans, you know, they're banged up up front. I talked about this. They also have this weird four-main rotation we'll talk about later at running back. So I'm not, it's just ugly. But Tyrod Taylor is back. And with Tyrod Taylor, I think this gives me more confidence in, in like Nico Collins. Um, Nico Collins is becoming the number two. He's starting to look good. But, you know, I think you could probably pick up Nico Collins, and he's a wide receiver for this week. I think because the Dolphins have been showing something on offense, and yes, Tua had a bad game, bad game against Buffalo. It's He's playing Houston this week. I mean, Tua should be able to put up points. It could be a sneaky, fun game. Because I think Tyrod, as long as he can finish the freaking game, um, which is always a risk because of the hamstring, but it seems like they took a real long time with him. But I think that just gives Nico Collins some little um, – I'm actually going to try to sprinkle him in some DFS lineups this week. Miami has been getting crushed on the perimeter this season. So Farrell Brown is out again. We talked about this last week, the tight end position. Jordan Aikens came through 5 for 50. I mean, if you're in a PPR, half-point PPR league, I mean, he basically finishes a low-end tight end one last week. And I think he can do it again. I mean, the Dolphins are an average matchup against the tight end. They are, when you factor in who they've played, they are they are a beatable matchup for tight ends. And I think that Jordan Akins, he's right back. He's, his routes are solidified with Farrell Brown out, but he also saw five targets. Plus, he gets that little nudge with Tyrod back. So I like Jordan Akins again. He's not getting the hype of a Pat Firemuth uh, or an Alberto, but I think Jordan Akins is right back out there again as another guy you can play if you need to. I'm actually playing him in a dynasty league, believe it or not. Dolphins, Parker's out again. I mean, whatever. Mike Jaziki sees, baby. I mean, listen, Mike Jaziki, if you got him, good for you, man. I mean, he was awesome without Parker. Parker is out on IR for a couple weeks. You know, Waddle should be better this week. I think Waddle with Parker out now has a better matchup because he's going to be demanding more looks, but you know, he plays mostly in the slot. Houston's very good against slot receivers. But I, I think Waddle's fine now because he's, he's going to get, like, double-digit targets in this offense without Parker. So probably a, a wide receiver three anyway. But I think Mike Jasicki's the one guy you really like in this matchup. All right. Chargers-Eagles. Uh, looks like we have three – all right. So with the Eagles playing the Chargers, Chargers have been elite. But here's something you need to know. The Chargers are banged up in the secondary. Bad. Both boundary corners, Mike Davis and Asante Samuel, are out. Their third safety is out. 
So they are they are they lost a lot of depth. Um, if you're looking for a silver lining for Jalen Hurts this week, game flow is one. The second one is probably going to be the fact that the safeties are banged up. Devonta Smith really hasn't been someone you can rely on. He actually fell behind Quez Watkins last week and Dallas Goddard in rounds. Um, the matchup is now is actually winnable because Chris Harris, their best corner, plays the slot, and Devonta Smith will be mostly on the outside. He'll be playing backup corners. So, yeah, the scheme is good. I think that, you know, I don't like to bank on Devonta Smith as a as a wide receiver three this week, but if you're desperate, you have Mike, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and you don't know who to play um, as your wide receiver four. Maybe Devonta Smith now because both those cornerbacks are out. So that's big time, um, plus the safety in the back. On the flip side, listen, we know about the Eagles injuries already. Um, you know, Miles Sanders injury, and then they decide to run the ball 14,000 times. So life, hashtag life. But Boston Scott saw nine. We'll talk about this in the player trends, but Boston Scott is still the lead back in this game. But game flow, I think a lot of people lean Kenny Gainwell uh, because of that. So they'll probably be playing from a little bit behind against the Chargers, who potentially has got a tough matchup too for them. So this could be a lower scoring game. But overall, I think you you like Kenny Gainwell because theoretically you expect Justin Herbert to bounce back versus the Eagles. Packers Chiefs, of course, no Aaron Rodgers because, of course, why not, Aaron? Of course, Patrick Mahomes misses the first matchup. Aaron Aaron Rodgers misses this matchup. Classic. I'm just tired of this BS. But at the same time, maybe now Jordan Love will get to see the backup quarterback situation. Honestly, guys, your guess is good as mine. I don't know nothing about Jordan Love. I you know he hasn't really impressed too much. But we'll see. This is kind of like the the Jordan Love. You know the the Chiefs are really bad really bad against quarterbacks lately. But they've started they started to get healthy in the secondary. And they're doing some stuff. I think, you know, I don't know. If, I just don't know how I feel about it. I'm going to pass on the Jordan Love experience. Um, the Chiefs are getting some guys up front back too. So, you know, I just, we'll see. I just think this game is really just Aaron Rodgers is out. You know, you te- you got to play Devontae Adams. But at the same time, I don't know if I'm going to play anybody else. Because, of course, that. And also the Robert Tanyan injury is big. Um, I think we want to watch the tight end usage. Because the tight end is used in this offense pretty well. and. There's a couple guys up for grabs. Mercedes Lewis is more of a blocking tight end at this stage in his career. The young guy last week got a couple t- uh, catches. So I'm going to watch the tight ends. And I think we all should in the next player trend show. Maybe there will be a sleeper Packers tight end that comes out of the Robert Tanyan injury. Cardinals 49ers. Um, Rodney Hudson comes back, which is just absolutely huge for this ground game. Um, Kyler Murray's banged up. De- DeAndre Hopkins is banged up. Remember, DeAndre Hopkins is uh, potentially going to be out for this game, and so is A.J. Green with COVID. Um, I think Christian Kirk is an underrated play in this game. Uh, I know Rondell Moore will get all the hype, and he probably will be a nice play too, but the the San Francisco 49ers are a slot funnel defense. Um, So they're they're better against perimeter receivers, not as good against slot guys. I think Christian Kirk is someone I kind of like this week because of the injury to A.J. Green or COVID A.J. Green and potentially – even if Hopkins plays, he's banged up. And like I just touched on, they are tough against perimeter receivers. So I think I lean Christian Kirk this week. But we'll talk about in the players' trend section in a moment, some other updates, but we'll see. Um, Chandler Jones, Jordan Hicks, looks like they're getting healthy in the defensive line um, for the Cardinals. On the 49ers' side, they get D Ford back. They also get back one of their linebackers. Um, and the, so their defense is getting a little bit healthy. D Ford should be a difference maker. Um, but they, here's something notable for Zach Ertzers. They are going to be down both starting safeties this game. Twisky Tarts and Jimmy Ward. 
they're both out in this matchup. So, you know, the safety position is key for the stopping the tight end. And we just talked about how the 49ers are more of a slot funnel defense. So with the injury to DeAndre Hopkins, no A.J. Green, we could be looking at more opportunities for Zach Ertz, who's now another week in the system. So, you know, I know the 49ers have been kind of tough against tight ends this season, but they haven't really faced anybody notable. So I think Zach Ertz is someone that I'm comfortable with playing this week because of those injuries to the safety position. Titans Rams. Um, so, so Julio, I, he should be playing, right? I mean, like, I mean, Julio is just insane. I'm excited. No, the post Derrick Henry era could be pass heavy. Could be. I mean, AJ Brown. We've been talking about that for weeks. If you've been part of the player trends, we've been talking about AJ Brown. We love AJ Brown, but Julio is someone else that we want to. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it would take to get Julio these days. I don't have any Julio other than Dynasty that I. So I don't know. But I just I, he's it's something that I'm interested in trying to acquire because uh, it. You know, this offense doesn't have anybody behind AJ Green. I mean, Goff Swain, Jeff Swain, whatever you want to call him, he was the best back uh, next guy down, and he's like a blocking career blocking tight end. So. Yeah, it is what it is. But uh, um, because of the Derrick Henry injury, of course, the question comes Adrian Peterson versus Jeremy McNichols. Now, the Rams are a much better defense against uh, – they're very good. They're a very good running game matchup, and they're very, very good for pass-catching running backs. Realistically, Jerry, Jeremy McNichols makes a bunch of sense. Makes a bunch of sense. I mean, PPR against the Rams – I'm just gonna pull it up. You know, I'm gonna just I'm gonna take a quick quick break here. I'm gonna pull it up. I got my running back points against, right? So now verse league average. The Rams are the fifth best matchup on the week for running backs. They give up a bunch of work in the receiving game because they're leading in a lot of games. So it makes sense. I actually like Adrian Peterson to me. I I'm extremely curious about this whole idea of like is he going to get like 15 carries for 60 to 70 yards and can he catch two more balls for for 15 to 20 right because now we get a baseline of maybe nine to ten points in half point and then a little bit higher in full point that's great and then he scores a touchdown i mean listen this this offensive line has been average in adjusted line yards this year but they're top five in power blocking which means short yardage goal line they get it done. And I think Adrian Peters is going to be the goal line back. He's going to get touchdowns. It's a good offense. So I think I like AP rest of the season. Plus, the thing I like the most about the whole acquisition is that they didn't mess around. They didn't bring in five or six guys. They saw Adrian Peterson. They liked what they see, and they activated him the same week. You know, like the Lev Bell situation with the Ravens, they're like, eh, you're going to stay on the practice squad. So it's telling. I, I like Adrian Peterson this week, too. Um, I think these both these running backs are in play in this matchup. The one thing that does worry me about this game is that the Titans will be down Nate, Nate Davis, one of their guards, and Taylor Lewan did not practice on Friday. So let's keep an eye on that because if we know they're going to be down two offensive linemen and now they got you got the Rams who potentially have Von Miller, might not be the greatest matchup for Adrian Peterson and company, but let's keep an eye on Taylor Lewan. If he's active, I think I'd feel more comfortable with the, with the AP situation at least. Um you know, A.J. Brown didn't practice on Friday. They also have a linebacker out. I, let's just keep that in mind. They, they might be down two linebackers, the, the Titans. I think, you know, Henderson, wheels up, uh, you know, that would be good. I, I think we'll talk about this in the player trends, but I think overall, I think I'm really feeling the, the Rams as a course, but I think I'm feeling Van Jefferson. 
um, a lot this week. I think I'm going to start him as a wide receiver three in my matchup for this week as well. So I'm feeling that because there's so many injuries to the Titans secondary. I know they got Janoris Jenkins back there, but the the uh, me Bain, who's one of the guys they started last week, is now hurt. I just think that Van Jefferson is just it's boiling. I think he might be someone I like to start this week if I can. The Rams. Uh, they're going to get Andrew Whitworth back. They're also getting Darius Williams back. Now, Jalen Ramsey played the outside. This week it makes – I don't see Ramsey playing the slot a lot this week. You have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. I think it makes sense to have Williams. Even though he comes back, they used Ramsey in the slot when Williams was there. So that's something we'll have to watch for next player trend show to see if they actually used Ramsey in the slot again. But I think it makes a ton of sense to use Williams and Ramsey on the outside when you have A.J. Brown. But overall, I'm not sitting A.J. Brown. Not not doing it. The game flow is going to be too good. Even if they're even if he has like four catches for 50 yards on the first three quarters, they're going to have plenty of garbage time, I think, in the back end. A smart better would say to get his day done solidified. Uh yeah, other than that, that's that's it. I mean, you know, Deshaun Jackson leave. I just talked about Van Jefferson, but I think that's going to be huge overall. All right, folks, listen, all our our, our injuries are brought to you by one of our new sponsors, Care Factor. We're going to be back right after this. After we hear a quick word from our sponsor, Care Factor. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Care Factor. Carefactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Carefactor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerefactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. All right, folks, let's jump down to the Bears and the Browns. Oh, sorry, Bears and the Steelers. Sorry, that was the last one. Well, I mean, it's a Monday night football. Uh, Bears and Browns. Sorry, folks. I could have just did one more. Sorry, folks. Man, well, it's all right. Bears, Browns. I keep saying Browns. Bears, Steelers. So, Bears all over the place. Um, David Montgomery might be back this week. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Obviously, if David Montgomery plays... He's the preferred guy over Khalil Herbert, but that's going to be interesting to see how that that turns out. Um, not sure if you could play either guy with confidence, but you know at least uh, you know David Montgomery might be back. Jimmy Graham will be back. Uh, you know there is some guys on the defensive side like Akeem Hicks and Robert Quinn and and Tashawn Gibson that are getting healthy, but there is key injuries too. So Damian Williams is out. So Montgomery might be back, but if Montgomery doesn't come back. It's clear Herbert's back in, uh, backfield. I know the Steelers are a tough defense, but, you know, he's going to get you 20, 20 to 25 touches. I, I don't think you can fade him at all. Um, the other thing about the Bears is, yes, they got Gibson, but they're going to be down two other safeties. They're going to be down Deion Bush, who they put on IR, and Eddie Jackson. Um, so I think this is why I, I'm feeling some Pat Firemeet still. You know, you got the two injuries to the safeties, uh, plus, you know, Gibson has been banged up. 
And Pat Firemuth's coming off a nice performance. No Eric Ebron. I think Pat Firemuth's still fired up in your lineups. I think he's I think he's still going to be good. And then Khalil Mack out. That's good news for Big Ben and company. Should only help Alc Ogletree, DMP on Friday. So this offensive line, defensive line is still kind of banged up, even though they got some guys back. They're moving parts in and out. But overall, I think Najee Harris, listen, hey, that's the one I'll say. Good for him. And, I mean, at this point, just how many touches this kid's getting, they are not – his second contract, I hope he gets one because it's insane. But good for Najee. But I think the biggest takeaway from the Steelers injuries, no Eric Ebron. Got to fire up Pat Firemuth. All right. <clears throat> so those are our injuries for this week. Now let's talk about some player trends. Mm. Uh, not brought to you by beer, but it should be. Let's talk about some player trends that I caught on to. And one of the things that I heard on a show, I will not name, they talked about, let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals first. Sorry, my headphones are not working. Um, so one of the things that they talked about first was that, you know, that Rondell Moore might be this gadget guy. And the one thing I will say is that DeAndre Hopkins barely played last time they went out there. Rondell Moore got the got the routes. He ran 27 routes to 35 for A.J. Green. So Rondell Moore was on the field. But the gadget thing technically is not wrong because his average depth of target was minus 0.5 yards. So he's getting all his targets at or behind the line of scrimmage. And that's going to be tough even against, you know, San Francisco. Um I think, I think that's why I kind of favor Kirsten Kirk a little bit here because, you know, I like the role. I like the slot role. But Rondell Moore was out there. So if you are someone that had a bunch of players on by this week, if you got hit by Lockett and Metcalf and you have, let's say, Mike Evans and those guys and you need a wide receiver for, I like Rondell Moore. But I like Christian Kirk a lot too. So I'm in on Christian Kirk. But one thing I will say, he did get 27 routes last week, so that's good for Rondell Moore if he does replace DeAndre Hopkins this week. Remember, no A.J. Green either. Falcons, listen, Kyle Pitts led the team in routes, 30 routes. There is not a lot of tight ends in the NFL today that are tight ends that will lead the team in routes. Now, his production was not there, but we always talk about this on player trends. Follow the usage first. The production will always come. And when that you see that level of usage, because the next guy down, 21 routes. So, like, he's clearly the alpha. Better days are ahead. But teams are going to focus on him. Apparently, the Cardinal, uh, Panthers used Stephon Gilmore, which you don't want to see. But we'll see how the rookie can do with the added attention on top of the added usage. Tajay Sharp, Russell Gage. Those are your number two, one and two receivers right now. Tajay Sharp had the better day. He actually ran the same exact route as Russell Gage, and Russell Gage had zero targets. I, I don't want to say that either guy is startable. But... Um, it's worth noting that Tajay Sharp is probably going to be the starter until Calvin Ridley comes back. Cordell Patterson, of course, is probably your most biggest beneficiary. His routes, he ran out 50% of routes to Pitts. Um, not ideal. But at the same time, Cordell Patterson saw five targets and scored a touchdown. He is going to get targets now. I think without Calvin Ridley, you got to love the fact that he's going to continue to see, you know, five targets, you know, get in that range on top of his running game usage. So he's probably locked into about 15 touches a week. Because he is splitting ground game work with Mike Davis. They each got nine carries last week, and Mike Davis outrushed him on the ground. So, you know, I just – Cordell Patterson to me is someone I would like to sell. If you could sell Cordell Patterson, it's going to have to be a two-for-one, one-for-two type of deal. But at the same time, I want Port Patterson. I just – you know, I just – he's so reliant on touchdowns. and But, I mean, listen, good, good story overall. Uh, jumping on the Baltimore Ravens. 
I touched on this with Marquise Brown. I, I, we have to see how it looks with Watkins, Bateman, and Brown. We do have to see this. Um, so I, I, I will say that I hope Brown stays the alpha, and I hope Bateman stays as number two, but we'll see. We have to watch that out. The rushing side, listen, last time they went out there, Freeman had four carries. Tyson, Tyson, Hill, uh, Tyson Williams had two. Le'Veon Bell had five. I am not interested in the Ravens running backs. Let's move on. The Buffalo Bills, since the Dawson knock injury, Cole Beasley's been on fire. He led the team in routes, dominated in targets. This week, right back out there, gets the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are actually not a great matchup for slot receivers, but they're not bad either. It's not the Miami Dolphins matchup. We were all over that last week. But he's still got to put – he's getting the usage now. He fell all the way to fifth in routes. Remember that. With Dawson Knox in there, he fell to fifth in routes. So him being tied with Diggs for first, big swing. Tommy Sweeney is like the guy behind Jordan Akins, uh, behind Albert O, there's Tommy Sweeney. Tommy Sweeney, the Jacksonville Jaguars, are number two in my matchup rankings for tight ends. Um, he did run 34 routes versus 38 for Sanders. Uh, I'm, I apologize. Sanders led the team in routes, and, and it was then Beasley and Diggs were tied for second. I apologize. But he ran four less routes, so he's out there running routes. I like that. That's the first thing you need for sex for six. For six. For six. Oh, yeah. No, for fantasy football, for, like, production, you need them to be out on the field. So at least Tommy Sweeney we know is out on the field in a good matchup. So if you're desperate at tight end, I actually lean Jordan Akins and, and Pat Firemuth and Alberto. But if you if you need a tight end, Tommy Sweeney, DFS dart throw. Let's get after it today. Um, Moss versus Singletary. We just keep bringing this up. I think the biggest thing is this. The running back carries is staying relatively the same. It leans Moss slightly 8-7 to seven last week. But the target, seven for Moss, one for Singletary. Listen, in fantasy football, it's about two and a half times more points for every reception versus every carry. So on average, a running back, when he catches the football, gets 1.5 fantasy points. For uh, for carries, it's 0.6. Give me those targets all day. I'm buying Moss. In a, and he's due for a touchdown. He's playing the Jacks. Come on, Moss. Get him in your lineups this week. Panthers, DJ Moore is the only guy you need to care about right now. Led the team in routes, seven targets. And this is a PSA for next week's show that we're going to probably do, trade deadline, rest of season schedules. Um, but he's got the seventh best out wide schedule. This might be a time to go get DJ Moore. So I just think that he's going to be an absolute monster. He is, he's got, he's just been, he's dormant right now. He's about to erupt again. So go get yourself some DJ Moore as soon as you can. Bears, I think the same thing goes, listen, it's Darnell Mooney's show now. Nine targets last week. On the field the most, getting the most targets. And even though the, the Chicago Bears rest of season schedule is not good, it hasn't been good all year. The Bears set schedule has been brutal for receivers. But Darnell Mooney is starting to become something. I think he's offering you that baseline of 6 for 50 now, 6 for 60. And then as Justin Fields continues to get better, it's only the sky's limit. Worst case scenario, they go back to Andy Dalton, probably even better for Darnell Mooney. So I like Mooney as a potential buy. Bengals, not really. It's Chase Higgins, Boyd, Uzama, and then mixing in routes. It's literally the one of the favorite. Rams and Bengals, they love fantasy because they literally only concentrate five, six players getting routes and targets a week. It is awesome for fantasy. And the Bengals, listen, Boyd and Higgins, I think the pass volume is starting to grow. We're starting to see Higgins and Boyd last week had very nice days. Boyd found the end zone. Higgins got the yardage. But overall, it's that pass volume is going up. And that is something we talked about a couple weeks ago on this show. We said the pass volume under expectation is about nine dropbacks per game. 
That is not going to stay the same. We think that's going to grow. And we're starting to see the fruit of those loins. Great stuff. Mixon versus P. Ryan. Mixon did share his work with P. Ryan, 22 to 11. But Mixon's still getting work in the and he's scoring touchdowns. Not a big deal. But he is not a full-time player in the passing game. Worth noting. Browns, it's, I think Jarvis Landry is someone that I'm trying to buy. He led the team in targets with 10. He had a bad day. He had a couple drops. But he still had 5 for 65 in a day where he should have had a monster day because of all the drops. Now, the last five games of 2020, when after the cold weather games of the bullshit in Cleveland, 15.6 points per game in half-point PPR. I think Landry is someone you want to go get. If you can get Landry, I love his rest-of-season schedule. He plays that great hybrid role. Getting He's going to be flirting with double-digit targets every week. Cowboys. I just brought this up with Schultz and Jarwin injury. There's no Jarwin. This week, I think Schultz is locked into a full-time role playing with Dak Prescott. Um, you know, the Broncos defense is good. I'm not saying it's not, but they did lose Bryce Callahan. They lost Vaughn Miller. Hmm, you know, maybe not as scary as we once thought. So I am buying Dalton Schultz. Michael Gallup isn't back yet. So maybe Wilson is another potential wide receiver for play this week. If you're, if you're really thin at the receiver position, I am debating him over Jerry Judy, believe it or not. Jerry Judy in the slot versus Dallas, not good. Cedric Wilson, no uh, versus Dallas uh, Broncos team that's been struggling a little bit against slot receivers. And no Callahan. I know I'm crazy. I'm going to play Judy. But anyway, I shouldn't play him. But whatever. Anyway, jumping down to the Broncos. Ironically enough, perfect segue. This is why I get paid the big bucks. Jerry Judy ran behind Sutton and Patrick last week. Uh, will that continue? We are not sure. But that's still notable for the show that he did play behind him. So that's something we want to keep monitoring. Want to see Jerry Judy get on the field of two receiver sets because I don't think his fantasy value is going to take off, but it's going to grow hopefully over the back half of the year. Gordon versus Williams. I, I get, I know Javante Williams. I know everybody loves Javante Williams, but how many weeks do we have to go with Gordon being better till we realize he's better at fantasy? It's just Gordon's the better back because he's preferred by the team. Whether Javante Williams is the better runner, we can have that debate all day. I don't care. My point is Gordon is the guy you want because he's getting the most opportunities. So just let's break this down for you. Week 8, 16 routes to 11. Still 50-50, but slightly Gordon. Targets, 4-3. to three. Carries, 10-9. to nine. Okay, 50-50, but Gordon scores the touchdown. It's like, and, I, and listen, when you look at the red zone work over the last four weeks, nine, for, nine opportunities for Gordon, four for Williams. So, Gordon's getting a little more pass game usage, and it leans slightly towards him in the red zone. Could be fluky, I guess, but I don't know. I just think Gordon is Gordon is someone that I, I feel like I've, I have barely started all year, and he's been an RB borderline RB one based on his the fact that he's just healthy, and he gets like you know it's like he's probably a top twenty four running back easy. So I just yeah whatever. I just think that this week, you know, I'm just gonna take a look. All right, so the the Denver Broncos are playing the Cowboys. Cowboys are neutral for my matchup for run game, pass game options for running backs. But they are one of the best run game matchups overall. So what I do is I actually look at pass catching running back stats versus expectation and add into one running back stat. So for pass catching running backs, Dallas is actually pretty good against them. But for running backs, they are my number four matchup for on the ground. So I just, you know, I think Melvin Gordon's a fine start this week. I really do. He'll probably, he'll probably be Javante Williams. It is what it is. But I lean Gordon until I see otherwise. 
Okay, uh, let's take another quick commercial break, folks. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to be joined by one of our favorite partners. Are Jersey you Jersey. a merchandise maniac or Jersey junkie like myself? You need to check out The Jersey Jungle. They handle their business on Instagram at The Jersey Jungle. You can use a promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys. 15% off of three or more jerseys. Now, if you've been watching the show for this season or a couple seasons, you know that my backdrop, if you're streaming live with us on video, you know my backdrop is always a couple of jerseys. Those jerseys are coming from the Jersey Jungle. They're high-quality stitch and twill jerseys. I collect NFL jerseys, but I'm also a baseball guy. So I have baseball jerseys as well. I collect Hall of Fame jerseys. I have a Jackie Robinson. I have a Ken Griffey Jr. I have a Willie Mays jersey. I got a Shohei Otani jersey as well because the guy has been absolutely on fire. Go get yourself a jersey. Basketball, baseball, hockey, football, college. They got rookies as well. Home away. They have customs. They have camouflage. Whatever you're feeling, retro jerseys from any sport, go hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. DM the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. These are already half price that you're going to find on the websites. They're high quality, stitch and twill, game authentic jerseys. Go check them out. The Jersey Jungle on Instagram. Hi, right, folks. Let's get back into it. The Packers. Um, not real to report because of the Jordan Love thing, but listen, Dylan got 15 carries to 16 for Jones last week. I thought that was notable, but Jaywan Winfrey. Dynasty ad, J1 Winfrey. Kid saw six targets, looked pretty good. He looks like he's better than uh, uh, St. Brown, and he looked like he had more chemistry than Amari Rogers. So J, uh, J1 Winfrey, Dynasty ad. Don't want to talk a lot of Dynasty anyway. Texans, Tyrod Taylor back. Listen, I think this is time to go scoop up Nico Collins. I want to see what happens. The guy earned. This coaching staff has played a mosh posh of running backs. They have rotated tight ends. But one thing I will say is when Nico Collins got healthy, he went right back on that field. And Nico Collins is the number two. And with Tyrod Taylor back in a potential fun game in Dal uh, between the Dolphins and the Texans, I think Nico Collins is a DFS dart throw this week. He's someone I like to stash. I, I mean, maybe a wide receiver four star. I kind of. It gets me excited, though. Dolphins allow the most points in the last five weeks to outside wide receivers. Anyway, uh, Jordan Aikens, 5 for 53 last week. Neutral matchup against the Dolphins for tight ends. Not a bad matchup this week. So if you want to need a tight end, Jordan Aikens with no Farrell Brown. Scotty Phillips led the team in carries with five. A 2020 undrafted free agent. Rex Burkhead, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay. No one gets traded. It's a mosh posh. Scotty Phillips is maybe someone you monitor to see if they want to see what this kid can do. I mean, it doesn't make sense to run out David Johnson, Phil Lindsay, who's not effective right now. Rex Burkhead, who's, you know, in his late 20s. See what the kid's got. But right now, not really excited. But if you're in a 16 team or a deep bench league and you just kind of need a last guy to throw on your roster, Scotty Phillips, folks. Five carries. Uh, jumping down to the Jags. Listen, Marvin Jones is, hasn't, the production hasn't caught up to him. And this week he's got the Bills. We're not touching Marvin Jones. But moving forward, he's starting to get that alpha usage. What I mean by that is 53 routes last week to 42 for the number two. So the, like a lot of teams you'll see like 37, 35, 34. But when you see Marvin Jones, he has got a huge delta between him and the next guy. 
that just shows that he's the number one on that team. Uh, LaVisca Chenault fell all the way to fifth in routes, behind Dan Arnold, behind Jamal Agnew, all the way down. So that, to me, is meaning LaVisca Chenault is not a preferred option. He's playing primary on the outside, and he's not an outside receiver. Jamal Agnew and Dan Arnold were the ones that were tied for second in routes, nine and eight targets apiece. Not sexy names. They're playing Buffalo, but at the same time, someone's going to put up some points. I am not excited about any of these guys, not starting any of these guys, but at the same time, it's notable moving forward that LaVisca is slipping. Marvin Jones, the alpha. Dan Arnold, listen, Dan Arnold's getting a boatload of work. There's not a lot of tight ends in the NFL that see that much usage. So Dan Arnold will be a factor down the stretch. Hey, uh, Carlos Hyde, 36 routes last week when uh, James Robinson went out. Hey, if he if James Robinson is out again, it's going to be an ugly 15 touches, but the guy's going to get 15 touches. So if you're desperate at RB2 or flex, Maybe Carlos Hyde, but try to avoid the Jags, of course, if you can. Um, Chiefs. Josh Gordon ran 23 routes last week. So when we talked about Josh Gordon previously, it was like four, six. He leapfrogged uh, Byron Pringle. He leapfrogged Demarcus Robinson. So listen, the usage, then the production. Josh Gordon's now on the field. He's doing enough in practice, apparently, to pass up guys like Byron Pringle and to Marcus Robinson. Uh, the production wasn't there just yet, but that's something I want to watch. 23 routes last week is notable. Daryl Williams. I know a lot of people are talking about Gore because of the work he got in the ground game, but he still ran Daryl Williams with 35 routes to 47 for Kelsey. Um, and he got six targets in this game. Great usage. CEH is on his way back. Sounds like he might be back in the next week or two. But for this week, we're fine with Daryl Williams. Gore, 11 carries. Versus 13 for Williams. I mean, listen, Gore looked good in his carries. Um, I just think from a CEH owner perspective, it's like maybe if you have him stashed, and let's say you're four and four, three and five, whatever, just try to get something for him. Uh, might be worth it. I think it is. I just think this backfield is going to be a little muddy. But the good news is they are establishing more on the run. I don't know. Maybe you keep Clyde because of that. Yeah. I hate this stuff. I don't even know why we're doing this. Driving ourselves crazy. Anyway. Raiders, routes, rugs, out. Listen, Renfro and Zay Jones will be the boost, guys. And and, Zay, and listen, Deshaun Jackson might come in. Might be that deep threat. Listen, I think Deshaun Jackson played. Derek Carr is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in football. I'm tired of everyone talking bad about this guy. He has had no talent for years. And he made Darren Waller, a guy who basically was a nobody, into an all-pro tight end. And he has not rece- no receivers, but he's got a bunch of knuckleheads at receiver that are young kids that are – a lot of talent, but they don't produce. Anyway, but that's my Derek Carr rant for the for the year. But anyway, Hunter, Hunter Renfro, I think, is a solid wide receiver three this week against um, the Giants who are vulnerable to the slot. Listen, James Bradbury, there's been rumors that he might shadow Darren Waller. Not sure if that's true. And don't be surprised if they run a lot of two tight end sets uh, sets after the big week of, of their backup tight end, Foster Monroe. So that could be another thing, too. Could be a lot of two tight end sets. sets. So I'm a little... St- Wary because maybe Zay Jones becomes the two and two receiver set. So I don't know. Renfro, maybe let's bump him down to a fringe wide receiver three instead of a slam dunk in a good matchup. Rams, uh, the Sean Jackson trade, it's Van Jefferson time. It really is. Listen, this guy had 40 routes to three in weeks, uh, three routes to J- uh, Jackson, four for 43 and one on seven targets. Week eight, 31 routes versus 31 routes for Cup and Woods. He ran the same amount of routes, five targets. He is the vertical threat in this offense. Like, 
I just feel like Van Jefferson is going to be a full-time player now playing with Matthew Stafford. And we saw like last week, they didn't throw a lot in that game, but he got just enough. He got the deep threat. He's the deep threat guy now. So maybe a slightly less, a little more inconsistent, but man, he's going to be on the field all day. So this is going to, isn't going to get worse folks. It's going to get better. Uh, Chargers. Jared out of the bye. Instead of leaning on the young guys, the Chargers are leaning in on their veterans. And what I mean by that is Jared Cook saw his route skyrocket versus Darnold Parham. Parham, it was 26-16 uh, the, before the bye and then jumped 29-6 to after the bye. Same thing goes for Jalen Guyton versus Josh Palmer. It looks like they're leaning into their vets. So Jared Cook getting that many routes is going to be a factor down the stretch at the tight end position in good matchups. So that's just something worth noting. Dolphins. Jaziki has led the team in routes last week. He tied Devontae Parker, but he only saw four targets. Parker's gone now. They're using Jaziki. They're using a bunch of two tight end sets. Not only are they leaning into the two tight end sets, which is going to keep Jaziki on the field, but it also takes him out of inline. He basically uses him in the slot because they use, uh, I'm going to say his name, starts with this last name, backup tight end on the field a bunch. He runs more routes than the number three receiver. So now with no Parker, forget about it. It's going to be all Jaziki all day. Ride that wave. And he's been really good with Tua for the most part. Um, Gaskin versus Ahmed slash Brown. No Brown for the next couple of weeks. We like that. We have noticed that Miles Gaskin, this is the Miles Gaskin week. If you are a Miles Gaskin owner and you cannot start him this week, then you shouldn't have him on your team. He's playing against the Houston Texans. This is a slam dunk matchup. He should be a rock solid RB2. If he lays an egg for you this week, you should never rely on him. And don't even bother because you're not going to know when to start him because this is the week he's got to do it. Absolutely. In my matchup metric for, for running backs. Okay. Houston is the third best for ground games. So over the last few weeks, 12 carries, 15 carries. Over the last two weeks, he's getting between that range. Also seeing about three receptions, but he's running more routes, 20 routes today for Ahmed. This is the Miles Gaskin week. If you can't play, if he doesn't do it this week, then what are we doing? And we're down to the Vikings. Vikings' biggest takeaway is we know Jefferson, we know Thielen, but it's Tyler Conklin. Tied for third on the team in routes, six targets, another plus draw this week against the Ravens. We know what the Ravens are doing in the secondary with their cornerbacks. They've been beat up by tight ends, and I think Conklin should be right back in those lineups. Again, a lot of fun at the tight end position today. Uh, Rashad uh, Stevenson, Ramondi Stevenson was back on the field, saw eight carries, but it's really Damian Harris's backfield all day, tried and true. But the biggest takeaway I saw from my trend section is that Hunter Henry, we talked about him over the last couple of weeks. He got really excited, right? 78% routes versus the number one uh, guy, which was Myers. He ran 69 routes versus 88 for Myers. Speaks five through seven. Janu, 24 routes, only 27% versus Myers. Week eight, things started changing again. Myers, 38 routes, 26 for Henry, 17 for Janu. That means that Hunter Henry saw his routes versus Myers drop to 68%. And forty and, and John went up to forty five. Now the good news is John who actually didn't take just from Hunter Henry. He took away from Kendrick Bourne. So it wasn't like they were just taking Henry off the field. They actually started using more two tight end sets, using John a little more. But it did take away from Henry. I don't like guys that are going backwards. Maybe I'm taking a step back from Hunter. Um. So the the Saints. Winning, uh, sorry, I started knocking. I guess I got freaked out for a second. Anyway, back to focus. Anyway, routes. Um, 11 players saw a target last week. We know Jameis Winston's gone. 11 players saw a target in that game last week. And we don't like that stuff. We don't like when it's spread thin. 
I mean, Deontay Harris had seven targets, didn't do much with him, four catches, whatever. But I don't know. I didn't like that. Camaro saw his routes dialed back because of Mark Ingram's presence. He only ran 21 routes versus 32 for Callaway. Previous weeks, he was right neck and neck, only saw four targets. I do like Deontay Harris as a stash in deeper formats, maybe PPR. But overall, with the Trevor Simeon thing, it's, it's a crapshoot. Um, Rush, listen, Ingram saw six carries, eight touches in the game. I think for a Camaro owner, I would love to have Mark Ingram on my team. Because Mark Ingram looks spry. Uh, and the running game for the New Orleans Saints has always been elite. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. Giants, Galladay's back, Caradarius, Tony, and Slayton. Let's see how it goes and shakes up. Listen, Booker ran 26 routes last week, 230 for Slayton. My personal opinion, you got to get Booker in your lineups. He's an auto start this last week. Let's enjoy it. Um, I think the only thing you could do as a Booker owner is dangle him to the Saquon Barkley owner now to see if you can get a little spicier tape, a spicier guy to start. Um Maybe like a, maybe like a uh, Chase Edmonds type uh, guy with production, but not as well, you know, liked. Maybe, but Booker love his matchup this week overall. Eagles, uh, Dallas Goddard guys, listen, I, it's coming, it's coming big. Might come this week. This guy is gonna go erupt. It's gonna erupt. Last week they completed eleven passes, six went to Dallas Goddard. He is running a route nearly 95% of the lead receiver on the team. But six of the receptions that they completed, six of the completed pass of the 11, six of the 11 completed pass with the Dallas Goddard last week. It was a fluke game against Detroit that they didn't have to throw. That is not going to happen. Dallas Goddard season. Like I'm thinking about it right now. I'm just thinking like I, I just might trade him, trade for him. I just, it's huge. He's going to be awesome. Awesome. Boston Scott. First, listen, the end of game result looks like Gainwell and all those guys had the same amount of carries. It's not true. In the first half when the game was relatively close, Boston Scott had nine, Howard had four, Gainwell won. Gainwell got all the carries in the fourth quarter. Gainwell is the Naheem Hines. It's nothing wrong with that, but I said this last time. I said, listen, he's the Naheem Hines in this offense. So when the game calls for more passing, like the Chargers game should, now let's check out the Chargers. Let's check out the Chargers in our matchup thing. Number two for run. Oh, they're really tough against pass catching running backs. Yeah, I'm going to lean Boston Scott this week. I think Boston Scott's going to get it done. He is a flex-worthy running back. RB3 flex, if you need it. Uh, 49ers, let's see here. Uh, let's do the 49ers before we take another quick commercial break. Targets and routes. Listen, Brandon Ayuk is – we talk about this. This is the point of the player trend show. Brandon Ayuk led the team in routes. That is the first step to him taking the next step. Second on the team in targets during this game. I think this is huge for him because he wasn't even being played, but now it's going to happen. Now George Kittle is back. Now you got Kittle, Ayuk. Now I think Jimmy G is not, he's not the sexiest play, but when you know they're going to be like, if the Cardinals were healthy and Kyler Murray was healthy, we knew they could put up points. Maybe Garoppolo could be a fun streamer, but I think Garoppolo's going to be a fun streamer when he got Kittle healthy and Ayuk and, and, and Debo. He's got the weapons with Elijah Mitchell playing well. Hasty is a nice little pass catching back. Jeff Wilson's on his way back. I'm buying this offense overall. I think Ayuk is someone that's going to start picking up in the second half. And don't forget about George Kittle. He's coming back to one of the best tight ends in football. Elijah Mitchell has not seen a target since week five. I know people get worried about this stuff all the time. And they think, okay, well, he's not getting targets. What happens when they're in a negative game script? Well, the thing about Elijah Mitchell is that he also ran 14 routes. That's the same amount as Hasty did. Him and Hasty ran the same amount of routes. The point is 
that it's not like he ran two routes. Hasty ran 14. So when the when the game flow changes a little bit, he's still going to get routes and he's still going to he's probably going to get targets in games where they get a little more game flow. So I think Elijah Mitchell rocks out RB2 rest of the season. 18 of the 21 carries again. All right, what for one more one more commercial break before we go. Uh this time we're going to jump down to one of our sponsors care uh, Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. Want to introduce you to our newest sponsor, Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. They're a brand new banana-based hot sauce founded by four University of Michigan grads. Shouts out to the Wolverines. Their sauce is an absolute must-have at any draft or watch party. Put it on nachos, pizza, wings, or literally any dip, and you will never be forced to eat boring party food again. I promise. The sweet heat and the chili banana combo provides a truly delicious restaurant-quality flavor. They currently offer two flavors, the original with the white label and the spicier Mui Mui that comes in the red label. I'm more of a mild guy, but if you like the spice, the Mui Mui is what you want. Be super excited to officially be part of the Bomba Nation, hashtag Bomba Nation. We hope that you'll join us there. Head over to the website, www.seekthespice.com. Use the discount code TCK at checkout to get 10% off of your order. Once again, bomb banana hot sauce, banana based, not banana flavored hot sauce, seekthespice.com, promo code TCK. All right, folks, last team that we're going to talk about today is the Tennessee Titans, and it comes down to A.J. Brown. He is the alpha, the omega in this offense. 35 routes, 11 targets. There is nobody behind him. Julio should be back this week, which is good news, but I am not going to rely on Julio Jones staying healthy right now. But same time, this offense without Derrick Henry is going to go through a new identity. Um, I think Adrian Peterson isn't a normal human. I don't think you you say, oh, he's 36 years old. This is Adrian Peterson. He's not real. He's about 500, 500 yards behind him, um, Barry Sanders for fourth all time. He is going to go out there like an animal. And I think he's going to be good. I actually do. But the thing is, like, I want to see if he's going to get any of those random two to three catches a game. Like Derrick Henry was kind of getting a little bit. Um, cause that, I think he fits kind of in this mold of a poor man's version of this stage in his career of Derrick Henry. So, but overall, I think I'm, it's just, it's going to be AJ Brown rest of season, huge, huge, huge. But this is a game where I think you could probably get away with starting both running backs. Um, cause I think Adrian Peterson is going to be good, but monitor the Taylor Luan situation. Cause if he's out, that's two of their five starters on the line with Von Miller and company. And of course, Aaron Donald, uh, Aaron Donald, I'm talking about, I'm not even talking about it, but anyway, that's notable. All right, folks, that's all my player trends for this week. Let's talk about some – we got some Q&As. We got some, we got some regulars in here. What's up, fellas? Um, C-Dog, is Kyler playing? And even if he does, should I start Tua over him since he may limit, may be limited for them? So, C-Dog, that's a great question. I do agree with the Tua situation. I think you can start Tua uh, over a limited Kyler Murray against the San Francisco 49ers. I think that's a fair – listen, DeAndre Hopkins might not play. A.J. Green is out. So there's, he's not, not only is he limited, but you're also dealing with no AJ Green, no, potentially no DeAndre Hopkins. So I understand completely because he's not going to run, right? So I am okay with the two of start, especially because Tyrod should be able to put up points on the other side. Um, Elias Gafapapopoulos, I love it. I love it. Thoughts on McCaffrey this week? You're playing him. Got to play CMC, folks. CMC's in, I'm in. We're all in. We're partying with CMC all day. Um, let's jump down to Mini Jordan, 78. Thoughts on the 49ers, RBs, and Kittle. Listen, I love Elijah Mitchell. I've been talking about him for weeks. 
18 of the 21 carries. He ran 14 routes, didn't see a target. I understand that. I am rolling with him. I think Jeff Wilson comes back. He takes the hasty roll. He probably gets a little more work. But at least Elijah Mitchell's rolling. You keep with him. This team's getting healthy at the right time. Kittle, yeah, Kittle, man, he's an alpha, alpha tight end. And I think the thing I like about Kittle is even if he comes back and he's not good right away, his not good is going to be like three for 40, four for 40. And listen, it's kind of the Higby syndrome. I understand that Higby has not been good this year. And I admit that's one of my biggest busts that I've said. But he gets you like six to seven points every week. That's hard to find at the tight end position. So I think Kittle's slowly going to become the, uh, the the best player on the team with Debo and Ayuk. Uh, let's see. We got heads. Yo, yo, underscore. What's going on, guys? I'm back for another week after the help you gave me last week. That's what I'm talking about, heads, underscore. We got to get you just straight heads. I mean, at this point, we're not doing we're not doing enough for you. Got to get that started for you. Would you mind if I post my team right now in a chart with a screenshot? I am shit deep with problems. And once we'll see, I think actually, man, just come heads, just come to the come to the start shit, buddy. Listen, come to the start shit show. We got you. Heads underscore come to the start shit show. We got you, man. No worries. Uh Mr. Jones 48. Should I start Kyle Pitts or Mike Jazicki? All right, let's show, let's check the chart. I listen, I understand the Pitts thing, and he's playing against. Uh, let's see, New Orleans, and Jaziki's got Houston. Oh, oh, let's see. I appreciate the good questions. That's the, the good ones. Yeah, man. I listen. New Orleans hasn't played any good tight ends this year, so I have a verse expectation model. They are one of the best, worst defenses versus like, meaning like you it, teams are actually performing, but. Personally, New Orleans is my favorite start of the week at defense. Um, I'm gonna go Jaziki. I'm gonna go Jaziki over Kyle Pitts. Let's call it. Let's call it, baby. Reese Thompson. Reese Thomas, what's up, bud? Mike Williams or Darrell Williams? Darrell Williams all day, folks. That's an easy one. I'm going Darrell Williams. Mogul uh, Mowgli. What's up, dude? Who oh it's this is the jungle book guy. Yeah, I, I constantly I got the good thing Buck's not here. I'd be getting yelled at to read the jungle book. Get read a book, Bob. Who do you think is going to be more effective in the Titans running game this this weekend? Yeah, that's a good question, man. I think Adrian Peterson is going to get the more touches. Game flow leans uh, Jeremy McNichols. I think, personally, in my opinion, I think if you're a half point or a regular, you know, standard league, you're going to go Adrian Peterson. In full point PPR, I still I think it's going to be close. I think AP is going to be better than people think. I think the, they're going to commit to about least he's going to get about 15 carries. Um, in this game, I think McNichols, he's had one or two games this year where he's caught in like six passes. But if I have both guys and I'm going to full PPR, I am just going to take the upside of McNichols because the game should result in the Rams dominating. So if you really need a full PPR start, I'm going to go McNichols, half point. Let's just let's just go with Adrian Peterson. Uh, what's up, Dennis Steven L? What's up, buddy? What's up, kicker guru? Yes. Yes, I am. And if first of all, uh, start sit advice. Yeah, you hate your team this week. Let's see what we got. We got a half points. Let's see. Um, we got a couple here. Two, three, receiver, four. Whatever. All right. So Dennis Stephen L. Half PPR start six. CMC Hubbard in Booker in Mitchell, Herbert, Javante, Adrian Peterson. Need two running backs or no three running backs. 
four wide receivers, three to four wide receivers. Oh, two to three running backs. So it's it's the Panthers running back, whoever. Uh, oh, hmm. Judy's out. Mike Williams out. AJ Brown, Woods is good. Panthers are playing. Why am I blanking here? Who's Carolina playing this week? New England, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not liking that. I'm going to go Woods, A.J. Brown, and then I'm going to go CMC Hubbard, Booker Mitchell. There you go. Bam. Mike Ortiz. Ertz, if Murray doesn't play. Listen, Cole McCoy is not a bad bat. Listen, Cole McCoy. Listen, if you – I can't tell you this. Cole McCoy is a serviceable backup. Loves his tight ends. Ask Jordan Reed. Um, let's, I think we should just, I'm going to bring some Colt McCoy information to our Sunday pod. Make sure you're coming to us every Sunday live to start sit show guys. We're going to be on there for three hours tomorrow, starting 10 AM to 1 PM Eastern, but I like Ertz. I think Ertz is going to be good with Murray or with Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy is a very serviceable backup. I offered Rogers and James Robinson for Brady and Godwin opinion on trade. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's fine. I think James Robinson's really good. Yeah. Um, Brady Godwin, huh? You want to go with the stack? I like it. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I don't care. That's good. Yeah, it's tough. Sorry, Mike. Mike, sorry I don't have a better opinion, but I, I would have to see your full roster, their full roster, uh, format, all that stuff. But overall, listen, Brady's awesome. Brady's going to be great the rest of the year. His rest of season schedule is lights out, too, so I'm good with it. Beach! What's up, buddy? Booker, Mitchell, Beach, don't come to the show with two guys I like. I don't like that stuff. Give me guys I don't like and guys I do like. But Beach, you always come with the good questions. That's why I preach you on you, bro. Um, Booker is, or Mitchell. Um, let me check my let me check the old handy dandy spreadsheet because I hate when I have to pick between two of my sweet babies. Um let's see. Giants or hmm, all right. I don't yeah, I get that too. Yeah, I'm gonna go Mitchell. Stick with the Mitchell. I'm gonna go with Mitchell on that one. Jaziki or Conklin? Jaziki is a good one. I like Jaziki this week with no – I think Elijah Mitchell plays tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I didn't see it in my injury report. Um, the Candlestick Kids. I know those guys. Would you rather watch Josh Jacob highlights or Nick Folk, Randy Bullock, game-winning kicks? I mean, like, what are we talking about here, folks? Like, are you kidding me? Like, first of all, sprinkle a little Michael Badgley in there. Now we got ourselves a cocktail hour, a full reception – and dessert at the end when we're talking about kicker, game-winning kick. So the candlestick kids, I know those guys. Thank you for that. I appreciate it very much. All right, folks, listen, that's it. You're going to see me literally in 12 hours. So in 12 hours from now, I'll be back up talking to you about football. I'm going to come with some stats about Colt McCoy. It's going to be epic. Make sure this is, once again, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel, on the Fantasy Football Network. Shout out to our guys over there. All our episodes on the Believe Podcast Network and brought to you by Bet Online AG. Make sure you're joining us on the Sunday Live Start Sit Show tomorrow, every Sunday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. PST and then 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Guys, Bobby Lamarco, player trends, key injuries. Hope you guys have a good time tomorrow. Make sure you start Jordan Akins in D- DFS and DK. I'm out of here. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.